0: Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello. It's Brooke DeVard. Before I start this week's show, I need to share this clip. My guest, Marquise Pfeiffer, who was a fabulous guest, and I think you guys are going to love the episode, sent me this clip of Little Richard on the Dick Cavett Show in 1970. Now, to give you guys a visual, Little Richard is in full, like this lime green outfit. His face is fully made up. His hair is done to perfection. He's giving you full Little Richard. And the host asks him, are you wearing makeup? Here's the clip. I asked you if you were wearing a, a certain application of cosmetics? No, I wouldn't. Okay, are you? Oh, yes, I
1: wear makeup because makeup was made uh, to brighten up, but it can't fix up.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You know, I have a beautiful nose anyway, and uh, if, if makeup can't can, make that, it didn't make my eyes. My eyes are pretty anyway. Yes. And uh, so it just only lighten up and brighten up so the people can take attention to the beauty. <laughs>
0: Liberaggi. LeBron's Liberace. Liberace. That's pretty good. Isn't that brilliant? I love Little Richard. Alright, so here's the show. The Naked Beauty Podcast. really excited about my guest today. I have Marquis Pfeiffer with me. I'm actually not even sure how to introduce you. Like,
1: uh... It's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Um, we'll say Prince Junior. That's a little okay. easier.
0: Okay. Prince Junior. I love that. I love that. So, I don't know, where should we start? Face? Body? Hair? Maybe let's, let's start at the top down. Okay. Let's start with hair. Yeah. So your hair always looks perfect and amazing. Are you getting it done all the time? Are you doing it yourself?
1: I do two, two people. One guy does my haircut, and then I do, like, the top. Okay. I used to go to this uh, salon in Harlem, and they used to press it out real Dominican style, like flat Okay, one of those eyes.
0: Dominican...
1: Roller set. I'd be so embarrassed, because I'd be there with mothers and their sons, and here I am, this grown man, sitting in the <laughs> chair with rollers. And I said, you know what? As crazy as this looks, wait until you see me after.
0: I know. And your hair always looks amazing. Were you worried about the heat damage? Do you worry, Is your hair natural, or is it permed?
1: Flat iron. Flat iron. So okay. I don't use any chemicals. Okay, good. Everything's just flat iron. And I wrap it up every night, like yeah. a girl. and You know. Put my little bonnet on. Silk bonnet is amazing.
0: Yes.
1: Silk pillowcases are even better because it keeps Uh. your hair. When I first did it, I I didn't have a um, playbook. So I was just doing it just thinking I knew what I And I would do my hair and then I'd have to flat iron it every day because every day they woke up, it was like a different texture. Right. So it wasn't until I just started learning to like wrap it up, to like preserve it. And um, I was watching uh, Beyonce's mom, uh, Tina Knowles, on her Instagram and she... Went to this beauty salon, uh, beauty supply store in New Orleans, and she was saying like silk bonnets will save your life, (laughs) and they are every person's dream who has straight hair. Like you should own a
0: few. Yeah, no, even with my natural hair, I wear a silk bonnet every single night. Like even my husband knows. He'll be like, "Do you have your bonnet?" It's (laughs) It's (laughs) bonnet time. Exactly. Not really
1: sexy, but.
0: But it, you've got to preserve the sexy. With form. the lights off, it, it's all the same. Exactly, exactly. Sure. And so, how did you come up with this like amazing stuff? Because your style now is like a, the hairstyle is like, it looks like a little bit retro to me. Like it has like this almost fifties look, but then it's also like modern. Did you see some like a style like this somewhere else, and you?
1: I When I was little, I, never, I really didn't look like this. So, in my mind, I had an idea of what I wanted to look like, how I wanted to dress, mm-hmm. how my hair wanted to be. So, I just started looking at... Uh, I, Prince has always been uh, mm-hmm. a source of uh, relevancy in my style. He was mm-hmm. bold. He took chances. He wore a full face of makeup. He was amazing. And he, you know, had girlfriends and wives. So, when I saw like, oh, makeup actually enhances your face or oh, if I do my hair this way, it's not like a typical haircut. And I just didn't want to be anything normal. So, I just was doing it more or less like I just like the style of it. Right. Versus uh, me trying to emulate. Someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I think my spirit is old school. My father owns nightclubs in Houston and I grew up in nightclubs. Right. So all my style is Chaka Khan, Prince, Little Richie, uh, Anita Baker. So my spirit is old. So me having that personal style, it just kind of went back to the way they used to do things in like the 70s. Which I think I should have been born then. In the 70s? Absolutely. Remember
0: when we met Anita Baker in LA? Yes. That was
1: everything. And she probably didn't even notice someone like... me so young would know every track of hers but she's
0: amazing yeah Yeah. so you said you didn't look like this when you were younger and I just got this mental what did you look like when you were younger I was a fat kid what I was this is my first time I I did not know this
1: I know I know you were fat with the same stuff for, uh, for stuff like this I was a so my mother is like Paula D in the kitchen okay not weight wise and not racist, like. Yeah, she doesn't throw all the N words around. <laughs> not in no. my presence. No. But she loves cooking. It's therapeutic for her. It's the dark. So right. she will cook uh, apple pies, um, banana puddings, banana bread. And she and doesn't hungry. eat it. And she's yeah. like, oh, try this, try that. I made it to make this. So right. when I was younger, I wasn't an active child. I was mm-hmm. reading Vogue under the cover. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, like, secretly watching Destiny's Child uh, videos. So I wasn't an actual active boy, so that food just set on me. So it wasn't until I went to um, military boarding school that I had to go through a uh, month-long program of boot camp, and then the weight just fell off because I was active. Wow. And I've always kept it off. I mean, it's a struggle sometimes, obviously, but um, I just, in my mind, I had a a visual picture of what I wanted to look like, the clothes I wanted to wear, how I wanted to dress. And it's just really about executing the way you see yourself.
0: Right, and that's so interesting. And I know we were talking about this a little bit um, when I told you about why I started this podcast. But I used to be really interested in fashion and clothes, and I think that fashion is interesting, but it's a really small part of the equation. Your overall like your look, the look that you create for yourself, is so much more about a vision or a a, like not a character that you're creating. But I think the people that have truly great style have created a character for themselves. And I think that you have truly great style and you have, you know, a character of yourself that you have created that you kind of express through what you wear and how you do your hair.
1: It's easier for me to dress up than to dress down. Mm-hmm. Dressing down for me takes too much thought. Because of my military background, I like uniforms. So I like blazers. Right. But if it's more than three pieces of clothing, it's too much for me. I get anxiety and I just can't focus. So the way that I like to operate is I like to have a set color tone. Mm -hmm. I don't do too many bright patterns. I kind of just keep it black, white, gray, blue. Mm -hmm. All my, you know, my boots will be Saint Laurent because I love that look. Mm -hmm. Whether I'm with a t-shirt or a blazer, I just want to have that rocker-esque feel. Um, Harry Styles is one of my other... Style oh, values. interesting. I, I enjoyed him with his head longer. It was just was different. Yeah. But I just like his style of really, you know, getting out the bed and not really looking like you took forever. And that's why I really enjoy key blazers, whether they're double-breasted, whether they're printed. Mm-hmm. I don't like too many outfits. I don't like to look trendy. I like to look mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it's my life. It's the way that I live. So I think when you're curating looks, it is really fun to be character because at the end of the day, you know, if I want to have on a double-breasted blazer and maybe channel Olivier from Balmain, I, I will, you know, get that look together. And I'll dress up going to the airport or going to the store. Right, right. I've right. yeah. never
0: seen you dressed down. Yeah, I mean... Even in college, you were always dressed. Yes.
1: I've always loved, you know, having that character being displayed in, in clothing. I was obsessed with Ralph Lauren for... Portion of my life where I was wearing nothing but velvet slippers, and I think I was one of the first guys on campus to wear velvet red, that. blue slippers, and I just it just was natural to me. I just was obsessed with Ivy. League. I think I had saw, um, and I don't know if you remember this movie, School Days, and mm-hmm. a different yes. world. So I was like, oh, I want my college experience Whit- to be like that. I forgot to mention Whitley Gilbert is an icon. <laughs> yes, in collegiate like. When I watched the old episodes, I, at the time I didn't really appreciate her as a style authority. But now looking back, seeing the way that she dressed, Whitney gave you looks.
0: Yeah, She no, gave absolutely. you fur coats and absolutely. gowns. and,
1: and, and just, It just was so authentic and so easy. And I think just having, and then not shopping too much. I don't want a closet full of clothes. Yes, yes. That's, I'm so
0: happy you said that. Yeah. Because when you have so much stuff... You, you have to focus on a few key pieces and invest in a few key pieces mm-hmm. to create a truly great capsule wardrobe. Once you start getting into trends and you're going to Zara every weekend, it just starts to become this huge mess.
1: Right. Absolutely. So for me, I just try to stay true to, you know, the few items that I enjoy wearing and investing in. I, I went to um, this store and I bought black jeans and I love the way they fit. And then I bought like four pairs. She was like, mm-hmm. you don't want to get a different one? I was like, no. No, yeah. yeah. I like these. Who knows what will happen? I just need to keep the same mm-hmm, pieces mm-hmm. Uh, in my closet. So, you mm-hmm. know, I, I think, you know, when people have visions of what they see themselves look like, they, it's really just about them executing
0: it. Yeah. And, it's, and if you think about people with great style, so like Prince or Jimi Hendrix or uh, Diana Ross, it's not just their clothes. It's the clothes. It's the makeup. It's the hair. It's like this whole persona that's mm-hmm. created and mm-hmm. everything is so integral to like that look. It Absolutely. Just, it just doesn't stop at the clothes. Absolutely. So, okay, so I, I think I have a good picture of what you were like when you were kind of growing up and how you've evolved to where you are now. So, in terms of fitness now, and I know I always joke with you that you, like, don't eat at all, but do you work out? Do you, like, what do you do to maintain your size zero tiny physique? So, I, I don't like working out because I don't like to sweat. Okay, because of your hair? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, and Honest. I, just, I
1: used to go to the gym a lot, and then every time I would leave, my hair would not be the way that mm-hmm. I, I, when I showed up. So I said, oh, I can't do this. <laughs> I, I can't work out like this. This is just too much. And one of my friends has this, uh, he's a fitness trainer. His name is Roger. He does a lot of people. Um, he does Carl Lentz, and he used to do Justin Bieber, I believe. And um, I went to one of his uh, Pilates classes, but he, I when I Pilates. went he had no air on. And I'm like, what is this? Like, it was like, I guess hot Pilates or something. And I sweated like I've never sweated before. And I felt so embarrassed because my hair was a mess and I had to get on the train to go back home. And I just felt like I can't sweat. So typically I just eat
0: very small meals. Do you like avoid eating, do you avoid eating carbs? Do you, or do you just, it's just portion control for you?
1: More portion control. My diet is very interesting. Uh, for breakfast, I'd have, like, a piece of cheese and, like, eight almonds.
0: Okay, that's all And then, like,
1: a protein shake. And then I'll snack throughout the day on, like, nuts. And mm-hmm. then I'll eat, like, one
0: main dinner. Okay, so you don't really eat lunch, It sounds like. You just, no. like,
1: kind of snack. I kind of snack, yeah.
0: Sometimes lunch can, like, slow you down. Like, sometimes if I have a big lunch and then I have to, like, go get back to work, it's, like, hard. I'm, Absolutely. I like, wish that i just eaten much lighter and then...
1: Yes. So for me, um, I, I don't really have a fitness regimen. Um, I just don't really consume too many carbs. <laughs> well,
0: mean, they, they say that your weight, they say it's 80% what you eat and only 20% exercise. So even if you're exercising every day, but you're eating too much, it's not really going to make
1: I have a lot of friends, female friends, that are always complaining about their weight. And uh, they're like, oh, Pfeiffer, we love that you, are, you, know, you have um, discipline. And, and I think it was just me going back to military school and seeing the difference. So seeing what right. I can do when I put my mind to something, and I think when people know better, they do better. So when mm-hmm. you see the results, you then be you're more um, able to stick to that diet that's working. So if you've never seen yourself the way that you want to see yourself, then it's kind of far out there. Oh, but that's once you ex-
0: interesting, once you like see it, and you're like, this is what my body has the potential to be, then you're not going to go back.
1: Absolutely, you you have more energy. You look better. Your clothes fit better. It's just an overall upgrade um, when you really take your health serious. And I don't eat as much throughout the day, but I do make sure I get my 30 grams of protein so all of my shakes are kind of... Oh,
0: that's good. So you, so you focus on the important things like protein.
1: Right. So okay. I'm the type of person where I don't eat for enjoyment. I just eat because it's something you have to do, um, unless it's like dinner time. Yesterday, I, I took a car service to Harlem because um, I wanted to go to this fish market that had the best... <laughs> you know, and I was dressed in... Miguel Antoine and St. Laurent boots and, you know, people in Harlem were like, oh my God, you look so fabulous. And I was like, thanks, but I'm here to get me some crab, some lollipop, you know, and yeah, it was yeah. food in like, a little aluminum thing. So I'll have those moments where it's like, okay, I have to have what I want. But right. overall, like, I kind of eat very uh, light. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it, so I love Harlem um, because, I like, I love that kind of sense of community and everyone kind of talks to each other. Absolutely. And I think Harlem is just this, like, very electric place another place where I felt that kind of sense of community was of course in the AEC when I went to Spellin and you were at Morehouse yes one of the things that shocked me coming from the west coast was how dressed up people were for like every single day it was a fashion show and all of the girls had their hair done the face was beat nails done like it wasn't an option to just walk across the campus in your sweatpants and a Spelman t-shirt to go to class. Correct. But for me, it was like... But I'm also from New York, so I I also knew how to dress up, but in terms of like a college atmosphere, I don't think there's... And maybe other HBCUs are like this, but I was honestly blown away by how amazing people looked on an everyday basis just going to class.
1: Right. I think Atlanta is like uh, the city of Oz. I think you have people... (laughs) Right. That are coming from... North Carolina, me, Houston, these small cities, and then when you go to um, an HBCU and you're around like-minded individuals, mm-hmm. and you know we're we're paying all this money in tuition, so it's almost like I'm going to incorporate that. Knowledge and coming to class dressed up, right? Just and
0: be my best self. Be my
1: best self because we have amazing places to go. We're you know in some of the top schools in the world, so it's almost like a disservice just to roll out of bed in sweatpants. It's like this we're practicing for how we want to be viewed in the real world. So situations like that, we you have That's all these different people, like you know, a lot of those people aren't from Atlanta; they're from small cities. So it's their one time to be Dorothy, and they're <laughs> going to make sure they're wearing their red slippers every day. I was the type where I didn't roll out of bed even on finals because I said, "What does a final have to do with my outfit?" Right. Either I studied or not. Right. Right. <laughs> like a a blazer is not going to make a difference if I wear that or a T shirt. Either I did the homework or I didn't. So for me, I just love dressing up because I just love, you know, essentially the style perspective of just being uh, whatever character that you want want to be. And I was obsessed, or still am obsessed with, you know, having. Um, a uniform look, so mm-hmm. it's hard for me to dress down because I just don't get it.
0: Right, right. Do you think that... So when we were in college, there wasn't social... I mean, there was social media, but it, Instagram and Snapchat, that hadn't really taken off the way that it has now. You had your blog, Late Boots, with Sham, which basically made you a, I mean, you were basically a celebrity on campus and within Atlanta. Everyone knew you. Everyone... I, I, I swear to God, maybe... A month ago I met this girl it was actually a, a podcast event um, that Spotify was sponsoring mm-hmm. and she was like you look so familiar you look so familiar and I was, we were going through all these different ways that we know each other and she said she went to Howard, and it was just like we couldn't figure out how we knew each other and then we figured out that you were a mutual friend she said oh you know why I know you because you're honeybee from late boots right. and I saw all your pictures you know with Marquise and I was like wow, that's so crazy that you're, you know, your blog reached so many people, but that was even before social media, I mean, right? That was before right. social media had really taken off. Do you think that that was a good thing that we weren't, you know, I think that, so this is what I see happening a lot, and my question's getting long now, but what I see happening a lot is I see people having fun for Snapchat. So, like, they will go, they'll, like, kind of fake dance, they'll, like, take a little video, and then they'll just go immediately back to their phone and post it, and it's like, we're having fun to show that we're having fun. Whereas when we were going out, we were actually having... We weren't trying to document everything in real time. Right. The pictures went up when they went up, maybe two weeks later.
1: Right. I think to answer your question, I think back when, when we were uh, doing the blog... Blogging was kind of new at the time, mm-hmm. and it was more or less like documenting uh, your, your evening. So, it wasn't a real time. So, we didn't have that pressure mm-hmm. to immediately post anything. So, essentially, it was about building up a story, mm-hmm. coming with amazing copy, and, and kind of painting the night uh, for anyone to digest it whenever they went to the blog. So, I think back then, we just didn't have the pressure of, of uh, real time. I don't use Snapchat. I don't use Vine. It's difficult for me to use things like that because I just don't want people in my space Right. Like, let me get through through with the day, and then I'll let you know what I want you to know. Like, I don't want you to know where I'm at. Like, it's just not my thing. And I'm a naturally private person, and people always thought it was interesting that I had a blog that was so public, but my personal life was so private because what I was documenting was places, people. I have amazing friends. I've had the privilege of being friends with amazing people like yourself. So the idea was for me to be... Um, the central nucleus of showing people how to live their best life. Your, mm-hmm. your, your life should be full with amazing friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hang out with people who you who you trust and who you look up to. Mm-hmm. Wear the designers that you crave. Eat at the places that make you feel good. So the mm-hmm. idea was to be um, an outlet of showing people this is where you should be eating. These are the people you should be hanging out with. Not obviously all my friends, but get your own circle of people <laughs> that, you know, that you look up to. So it was just a, a full circle way of living. And I think at the time, a lot of people of color weren't doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the things that I was saying, uh, I like a lot of rap music, which is awkward for some people. So my, <laughs> my uh, execution is very brass and very strong and, and very authoritative. So I was saying things that people only thought. Mm-hmm. And they, well, who is this guy? He has the nerve to say, well, we're thinking... But essentially, it was just, you know, blogging at the time was, was more organic, and we weren't necessarily trying to emulate anything. We were just living our authentic lives. There's times you and I, when we went out to pizza places, but we right. had on furs. <laughs> <I remember. laughs> like, like, you had on a bonnet. No, you had in a um, turban. Yeah. Like, who is this black girl with a turban on and this guy with a fur right. eating pizza? Like, the restaurant wasn't a five-star. It was basic. It's actually
0: but so obnoxious. We it's had the best. best time. I know, we did have the best time. So it was time. about
1: having the best time, dressed right. in our best, and not necessarily at five-star restaurants, at pizza parlors, at dive bars, but it was just really about us living life in the most fashionable way possible. So That's I think true. that blog, hopefully it set the tone. I went to Beyonce's concert in Houston, and I had this Asian kid come up to me with a full... Uh, video camera, and he had a vide- videographer, and he was like, oh, Marquise, and a lot of people in Houston don't really know me by Marquise Pfeiffer, so he said, oh, I went to your blog when I was in high school, and you, like, really helped me. you know, he just had this oh, heartfelt no. message, it was crazy, That's
0: and so I had nice. no idea
1: that, you know, um, that
0: you're touching people like that, yeah. absolutely,
1: because I think people just didn't know how to find their creative uh, outlet, and I mm-hmm. think blogging was a way for us to still be creative, and to still, um, to still live a life. A full life and just do all types of things that necessarily weren't deemed as chic, but we, every time we came into the house party, we were dressed in, in to the nine, so right. I think, you know, just being that example for people just to live their uh, best life.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely, and you bring up Beyonce and I think 2016 has been an exceptional year because not only has Beyonce released an album, Solange has just joined, mm-hmm. and I think that those two women, for me, are so inspiring in terms well in sp- business drive ambition the legacy she's creating for herself in terms of Beyonce that's all very inspiring but awesome. also in terms of the images of black women and style and femininity that they're creating mm-hmm. I feel like it's so powerful and what I think is so interesting is Solange very much has her own thing like she has her own lane mm-hmm. and it's She's created a style that's very unique to her. Like, she's, you don't feel like she's copying anyone. And then Beyonce has her, her own lane. Between the two Null sisters, and I hate to make you pick, but do you have... Who would you say for you is more of a style icon? Solange. Solange, Absolutely. yeah. Style
1: icon, for sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. everything just natural for her. She takes risks. Um, yeah. She definitely has the uh, style heartbeat mm-hmm. in that family.
0: Yep. And taking risks, so... It's interesting because to have truly great style, you do have to take risks. And she actually does because she doesn't always look... I mean, I've seen her in some things where I'm like, mm, that didn't really work out. Right. But she's she's tried, you know? And that's what makes someone have good style to like truly great style when you do take those risks. Yes. Beyonce, though, what I really admire about her is her... She is so classically beautiful. Yeah. I mean, she, just, she understands what it means to just be beautiful with, like, clear skin... I sold those the wigs that she wears I have never in my life seen anything I mean you see her performing and dancing and whipping her hair I mean
1: everything's in place
0: when she's you know on a yacht diving in the water it's like where do you you find these wigs who's looming these like magical wigs for you but I think that she always I've never seen her have an off I mean she always looks so beautiful yes for sure and she dresses to compliment her figure and she just has this allure about her that's untouchable
1: now my other style go to is uh, I know people may not like we're, this we're
0: gonna go into Kim
1: Kim Kardashian West
0: oh, okay she
1: is this is where we diverge
0: but I I wanna hear I wanna
1: hear I adore the risk that she takes more than anything mm-hmm. everything doesn't everything doesn't work out but she understands beauty she understands hair she understands fitness she understands jewels she understands like she is my spirit mother
0: Okay, so, I
1: don't want to say sister. I want to give her her flowers. She is my yeah. spirit mother. And I think her and Kanye are perfection together. I think they're the same people.
0: Oh, they, are, they, are, they were made for each other. You know I, how they say everyone has like their soulmate, someone... That, like, they were made for each other. Oh, for
1: sure. They're the same person. Okay,
0: so Kanye has obviously influenced her style a lot. Absolutely. And I think her style has become infinitely better since they've been together so I do think I think she is beautiful and she understands beauty to a degree that with like a a precision that a scientist or a nurse I mean she understands every single angle of her face every single shade of eye shadow I think that what I've seen is her style has become much more pared down and simple since she's been with Kanye so one of the things I noticed was she stopped wearing like so many tracks in her hair this was maybe like two years ago when she started like doing less extensions, less, like, fake eyelashes, and you actually got to see, like, how truly beautiful right. she is. But... And now I feel bad talking about her because of what happened to her <laughs> in Paris. But I do feel like... The is a must. I know. But I do feel like, you know there were a few things that she wore at Paris Fashion Week that just felt so desperately like she was trying to be like Rihanna or try, trying to go into a lane that wasn't really her lane to go in. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking Like, I'm thinking of specifically like those Adidas track pants. With, with the lingerie. This. And I was just like, what is this? Did Kanye <laughs> approve this? Maybe he did. And sometimes I feel like he's putting her in stuff that he thinks is cool and it's a concept that maybe he saw in W Magazine or V and she's a real woman and it doesn't necessarily translate.
1: Right. He's definitely
0: her creative director. Right. In but, all things. Yeah. And I think he's done a good job for the most part but I do sometimes I see her Did things you, and I'm like what is this?
1: Kanye Kanye came up the type of people where when they get it they get it when they don't they, when don't. they don't. Yeah. Um, and that
0: goes back to the thing about taking risks. I mean
1: I love Kanye to death his personal fashion line I'm, I'm not sure Right. I always look at clothes and say, where are they going? Mm-hmm. Can you translate that into your corporate job? Let's be clear. There are, and this is probably going too, too far left, there are 75.6 million millennials. And we have a buying power of like $1.63 trillion. So at the end of the day, we're not these, um, we have to have jobs.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Real
1: jobs. Right. Whether that be corporate, whether that be finance, so whenever we're investing in clothing, my first question is: Where are you wearing this? To are you wearing this to the office? Where are you wearing spandex to? Like, <laughs> are you you know like I just don't understand where, what's the story? Like, right. where you, you right. where are you going? You're very limited to what you're doing unless you want to be one of these creative kids walking around New York all day. But it's like okay, you have to walk to somebody's job. So it's always interesting when I see fashion that doesn't really necessarily translate
0: mm-hmm.
1: into anything. 'Cause my first question is like, Okay, where are you going? So obviously their profession allows them to wear Right.
0: But then other people emulate Yeah and that's when it goes wrong and you see these Correct. women walking around with like these overly contoured faces and these crazy outfits and you're like, what are, are you, you filming going? a reality right. show right now? Right. Is are the <laughs> e cameras behind you? Because I don't really understand this look in the context of you working in a corporate office or anything else for that matter. Correct. So, I, you know, I guess her style works for who she is. She has become this, you know, probably the most defining style icon of our generation. Absolutely. And she, and she has been for a while. Yeah,
1: it works for her. But whenever people see it, I've seen people wear these dog collars and I'm just oh, like... Oh, God but you know it's it's the influence I get it people want to emulate her but I, I just wish people would not emulate people so much and just kind of define define own their own one, thing so, yeah I yeah.
0: totally agree with that I totally agree with that
1: they definitely my go to and Rihanna like she's, oh, she Rihanna
0: is perfection mm-hmm. she is truly perfection she has the ability to look cool, edgy, sexy fashion forward but without looking overly trendy to change it up so much yeah. she is just and probably one of the most beautiful women you can, ever. You can tell
1: the people that really hold fashion uh, close to their heart are the ones that are like the Rihannas and mm-hmm. like the Kims and uh, Solanges of the world.
0: Yeah, no, They that's take true. it for
1: real and serious. That's
0: true. And, you know, I, I saw Kim at the VMAs, and she's the tiniest thing you'll ever see. I mean, she's like petite, but obviously curvy. And her face is so beautiful mm-hmm. and so perfect. And you, you're like, how, do, how does someone have a face like that? But this goes into our discussion about skincare and facial cosmetics.
1: So I'm obsessed with Kim's face. And the reason why <laughs> I say that is because I, uh, luckily for me, there aren't any before pictures. But with like a Kim, you can see the before and then kind of like, you know, she's, something's gotten done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I, I enjoy it. I, I think anything that makes you look better, feel better, then go for it. Because these resources are available to us.
0: Right, and so so I told you tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow's Saturday, I'm so excited, I'm going to a doctor here in Chelsea to do Restylane mm-hmm. under my eyes, Yes, which I'm really excited about because it's honestly not even like an anti-aging thing. For, I've had hollows that create shadows under my eyes since I was younger. It's like my facial structure. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm trying to beat the clock or do anything crazy. Right. It's like, oh, I have this option to correct something that makeup can't really correct. Makeup mm-hmm. makeup can cover up, but it can't like fill in and plump up an area. Mm-hmm. So now I'm really excited about you know the possibility of wrestling. But before I like researched it, and I don't really know what the catalyst was for me looking into it. I think it was just the fact that like everyone has a little something done, and I just kind of looked into it. Right. Now that I've now that I've been exposed to this, I also like look at pictures of people like a Kim and I'm like, Oh, that's why your face is so perfect. Right. But it works if it's done in a way that's not over the top. Correct.
1: I had recently um, got Botox. I was turning a year, er, a, a year older this year and um, I saw wrinkles and I didn't. I was like, oh, what is this? <laughs> this is what they mean when they talk about aging. Because I've been blessed not to really age. So uh, I looked online and I looked for like creams and wrinkles and i saw these sephora uh reviews and i went to all these different things and i said i don't know which one to trust yeah so some of the reviews were like oh this cream's amazing someone's like it's a waste of money so the creams are quite expensive and i don't have six months to wait to see results no
0: sometimes it's like they're like use this every day morning and night for three years to see results
1: yeah not happening so i said well i used to always go to the dermatologist. Um, when I was younger, so I said, well, let me just make an appointment, and and let us just let me just talk to the doctor. So I made an appointment, and um, I told her what my concerns were, and she said, oh, we can do Botox, and we can do this, and we can do that, just very casually, yeah. and she did it, and the, the results were immediate, yeah, and I said, amazing. oh, I will never, ever, ever purchase any beauty product over the counter. <laughs> like, anything, everything will be prescribed by a doctor. So when you have the resources to do those things, it, you know, it it makes it benefits you because it makes you feel younger, it makes you feel better, and it essentially you know makes you feel good. And I think it's it's available.
0: Yeah, yeah. Everyone
1: I, should have a doctor on 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 their um, speed dial.
0: Right. I think one of the concerns that people have so two things. One, I think people don't like to talk about it, which is mm-hmm. why I'm really happy that we're talking about it. There was a story in the New York Times a few weeks ago. It was the president of Barnard College, which mm-hmm. is this very progressive women's college, and she was talking about um, maybe a little bit of shame that she had about getting Botox, and like it's this almost open secret, all these professional women and, and, you know, very well educated, smart, accomplished women are getting Botox, they're getting Restylane, they're getting fillers, but they don't want to talk about it, but we wouldn't say anything about getting our hair dyed or putting on makeup or doing anything else for our self-improvement, it just feels like cosmetic surgery is still this... It's like an open secret people know that other people do it but they don't announce it and come out
1: with it i think with plastic surgery what happens is is and i could be wrong is that it makes procedures can sometimes make people think others are insecure so i think with like makeup it's a normal thing to do makeup it's a normal thing to have half but when you start tweaking it's like oh is she unhappy oh does she not like the way that she looks? oh is she trying to be like it's so many oh 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 and you're just like no i just didn't want to wrinkle so I think at the end of the day, and we've seen it through pop culture, Michael Jackson, Little Kim, well, all these
0: yeah.
1: people with with deeper issues,
0: <laughs> right? Obviously, right?
1: Like let's call the thing a thing, right? Michael was born uh, probably a little darker than you, right? He's now Beyonce. Well, he was you know a white woman's color, right? So I think obviously there was something happening. So whenever people. Get work done. It's kind of taboo. With her. Oh, she's battling insecurity. She has mm-hmm. image issues. So I think it's easy for people just to not discuss it because you're opening up a door that necessarily may not be, you know, true. Right. That's what I, I think when right. it comes to like plastic surgery because people really don't talk about it.
0: It's true. And you know, I you know I spoke to my husband and I spoke to my mom about wanting to get the sun, and they were like, "You're so beautiful the way you are. Like you don't need this. You don't need this." And it's like, okay, but I want it for me. Right. It's not, I don't think I need it.
1: You don't need a Chanel purse.
0: Right, but I want it. But you want it. I want it, and I'm going to feel better when it's done. I think the other thing that's scary for people is losing sight of what looks normal. Because those examples that you gave, Michael Jackson, um, Lil' Kim, they have clearly lost touch with reality. For sure. When the work is good, and I don't know what Halle Berry does I, I don't I'm not her doctor I don't know I'm not good at like clocking these things necessarily I'm good at clocking it she looks amazing yeah and she, I don't know how old she is she's like 46 or, yeah. I mean she looks amazing so whatever she's doing to, to look amazing it's working and it's natural right Kylie I don't know if she's a good example Kim I think is a great example Kim looks amazing yes so I think that one of people's fears is you know am I gonna start to look like a freak. Like, am I going to start to look weird, and then I'm going to keep getting it done, and then I'm going to lose sight of what's normal.
1: It could be addicting for sure. Right. So I think if, if you have an addictive personality, then it could become a problem. Yeah. Um, if you over, you know, being addiction in any any form alcohol, drugs, so when you start seeing immediate results, you get addicted to it but I think if your personality isn't addictive then you kind of, and then having a great team of doctors, one of my, two. well two of the doctors that I go to see they were like, oh we're only going to do this amount today because we don't want it to look like they take pride And cheat first question she asked me she said oh what did you want like show me somebody you want to look like and i said i don't have no picture i just want to look like she was like okay good i was just testing you just to kind of see if i was crazy or not yeah because it was like oh here's a picture of michael i kind of want this and that (laughs) that she would have been like so let me so that's like their test interesting right because when she said it i was just like wait was i supposed to bring magazine photos of people and i was like i don't want to look at anybody i just want these wrinkles to be gone and she was like, okay, I feel better. So, essentially, just having a doctor not give you, not to overdo the
0: work. Right. So, is Botox painful?
1: No. So, with wrestling, they put this um, numbing cream on your face for about an hour. Okay. And then they inject it, like, where your cheekbones are. And then they kind of... Oh, use, they do it
0: on the cheekbones. Yeah, like,
1: right here, on the cheekbones, right here. And then, because um, it's going up here. So when they oh. shoot it up, they then take this little wand machine, and then they kind of press it out and kind of play with it.
0: Oh, and they, like, it... sculpt it on your face? Yes. Does that feel weird? Can you feel... Oh, you have the numbing
1: cream on. You have cream. the numbing cream on. So they sculpt. A good doctor will sculpt everything. And then she'll put, you know, the, the uh, Botox where it needs to go, and she kind of sculpt it. So it's really just about embracing the lines and... The puffiness and it just kind of smooths everything out so it's it's actually a, a quick procedure it's nothing you know there's no crazy. like
0: healing time like
1: a day i mean you'll be puffy maybe a day or two depends on like your, your right skin reaction different people react to different things but when i went to the dermatologist i brought one of my friends she went and got it done and immediately i saw the results like it was where
0: did she get it done
1: she got it down at my place, Dr. Susan. But Burns
0: what church. part of her Oh, face. under her eyes. Under her eyes? You can yes. get Botox under your eyes? Yes,
1: I got them. They put it under your teardrops.
0: So, what does that do? That makes it so that you don't have lines under your eyes? Correct.
1: So, this area under the eye and then under here are two different areas. Uh huh. So, this area I got Botox, and then when I go back, I have to get the rest of it. Because you couldn't do both at the same time. So
0: you can't do wrestle and Botox within the same... Within the same visit.
1: Because it's the it's eye area. Much. And it's just too much, yeah. And then you don't know if you're going to react a certain kind of way. And you don't want to look like you got into a fight. So they do it in, in steps. And any good doctor will not make you get everything done at once. So it's right. really about investing in people that you trust. And that also trusts you walking around being, you know, their work of art. So... Right. I enjoy cosmetic surgery. I think when, when it's done tastefully and you can't really tell.
0: Right, yeah, no. I All I know is you look amazing. I'm not looking at you like, oh, he's got Restylane and Botox. I mean, it's just like, oh, right. this ageless face.
1: And I, you know, I I, I saw Ken Kylie, That's her name, right? Like the one with the lips? Yes, I saw her transformation and I said, now I've always wanted like a little poly lip. <laughs> so uh, when I went to the doctor, I said, oh, so I want a little... Um, wrestling in my lip and then she kind of she put it in and, and it, they were huge at first and they kind of go down but I wanted it where it didn't look like anything but then it had a little soft yeah, no, pillow it, pop.
0: It looks amazing.
1: So I mean I didn't walk out looking you know crazy but the idea is to do things tastefully where you can't really tell because you don't want to look like you've gotten work done. You just want right. to look refreshed right. and rejuvenated and those resources are available so instead of me buying Some plumping lip gloss (laughs) at CVS, right? That has like cinnamon in it, and it makes me think that
0: right. It's just your lips. You're basically just having an allergic, so your lips are like getting inflamed from wearing cinnamon lip gloss. Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) Your lips necessarily getting getting bigger. So I think just those small things of of being able to say, okay, I just want one um, syringe of wrestling, not two, because two is when it gets like uh, Jenner, two or three. So just keeping it like simple and, and. just saying, less is more. Maybe yeah. starting out
0: with like less than you think you need, and then building from there. Yeah, they build everything. Yeah, yeah, they build
1: everything. They put it in your lip, and then she kind of takes her fingers and kind of builds it up. It's like a work of art. Like they're like architects. Wow. it's amazing. Like when I went, I, I when I went, I said I should have done this years ago because I was always insecure about the lines that were coming under my eyes. Oh god! And I told the doctor, I said, you know, it's really an insecurity of mine. Like I, I need to get this fixed and. She was like, oh, this is easy fix. And, you know, Botox lasts for about four months, maybe, or, or longer. But going, getting it tweaked, just the money that you spend on that, it's, it's bar none to the mm-hmm. overall, mm-hmm. you know, effect. Because we buy other things that we necessarily don't need. So. Right.
0: And some people could say it's absurd that you are, at this young age, insecure about lines under your eyes. Because that's what human beings have lines. You know, when you look at a magazine, they've all been airbrushed. So, of course, they don't have lines. However, if you are buying concealer or eye cream, that is also showing that you don't want those lines to be there and this is just a more effective way of removing them. But for some reason people that get cosmetic surgery are seen as like insane well not insane, extreme for removing their lines that way. But if you use a nightly eye cream and you're hoping that they'll go away over, you know, the next few months. Right. That's seen as Somehow different?
1: I think when I did my stuff, I didn't tell anyone until after because I, when you ever you listen to people's opinions, sometimes people are unhappy, so
0: <laughs> they don't want they don't want
1: they don't to want great. you to right. So it's like if I'm telling my friends, oh, i don't think about this getting done, and they ask me hundred one questions, and I'm like, well, first of all, I don't have the answer to you, so I would just I just sent photos after I got everything done, and they were like, oh my god, I can't believe you really went through with it because I made a joke to, I don't know if you like me, but I speak to a group. Uh, Text message with friends. Like yeah, yeah, And we be message, all in the yeah. same group message. And I was like, I'm going to get this done. And they thought I was just, you know, BSing. And then when I sent them the photos, like, oh my God, I cannot believe you actually just got that done. And I'm like, why would you not be surprised? I've executed everything that I've set out Do yeah. I mean, you want to get married in Italy to yeah. the, the man of your dreams. And Vogue covered it. So like, why would it be so crazy that you got wrestling? <laughs> like that, right. it's easy to get wrestling than it is to plan a wedding. Right. So I think you know, whenever you have those open conversations with people, you have to kind of see where they're coming from, and, and they may be, you know, they, they may not have the um, the courage to fix things that they've been dealing with. So I think when I talk to my friends, I want the reaction of like, okay, do you need me to take you to the doctor, or do you need me to pick you up?
0: Right. Right.
1: Like, what do you need from me?
0: Right, right. Not, not a speech about. Oh, you don't need that. You this. don't need that. You look fine. You're so,
1: it's just like, sweetie, I don't need the Ayana don't, don't talk. Like, <laughs> I'm complete. I'm whole. I, I understand right. life and its purpose. Right. But in the meantime, today, I want these lines to be gone, right. and they'll be gone by five o'clock.
0: Right, right. Well, I'm so, and I'm, I'm so happy that you're open and willing to talk about it because I think the more talk about it and the more open it becomes the less it will become this thing that's seen as taboo or extreme
1: right absolutely
0: so this is a question that I ask all of my guests at the end of each episode when do you feel most beautiful
1: I think whenever I get up um, I feel most uh, I I enjoy the mercy of, of having another shot at correcting things that you know we may or may not have done right. So I just like the sunshine. I feel best and complete when I wake up because I know I have another day, a fresh start to, you know, get back into it and continue to fight for my dreams and my passions. And I think, you know, as a millennial, I used to be a really socially connected person. I used to Instagram every day, all day. I was that type of person. And then I kind of just stepped back a little bit because I was doing things to impress people, per se, Mm-hmm. And and it was just a lot of pressure of having to always be out at the parties, always know the right people, always yeah. be, you know, dressed the best. So I just kind of just was like, let me just focus on me and try to just see what I want out of life and not really care about likes or, you know, popularity. So then when I emerged, I feel like I was like uh, emerged from the ashes. Then I was able to do it from a more... Um, confident place where I'm doing things on my terms the way that I want to do it, and if you like it or not, that's to your discretion, but I think I feel my most beautiful early in the morning before I've gotten like a crack at the day, and and just excited for the the limitless possibilities that the day has to hold.
0: That's a really powerful Mm -hmm. answer. I think that when we tap into the the potential that we have, and I guess that happens each morning, that makes you feel great. Correct. Thank you so much for coming. Absolutely. This was a wonderful episode, and I hope we can record again. Yes, thanks for having me. And we'll do an update after I do my my Restylent transformation. Please, please. Show pictures. All right. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.